Hi, welcome to On Investors Minds. I'm Tai Hui, the Chief Market Strategist for Asia Pacific at JP Morgan Asset Management. Thank you for giving us a few minutes of your time to learn about what's on investors' minds and what you can do about it. Now, as we discuss and share our economic and asset allocation view with the release of the second quarter 2023 Guide to the Markets Asia, we note that our view is aligned with that of many CIOs and experienced investors. This includes our preference for high-quality fixed income, caution against U.S. equities, optimism on Chinese and selected Asian markets, and a bearish view on the U.S. dollar. While having a consensus view does not automatically imply these views are wrong, it is worth kicking the tire by what could upset these views and how likely this is going to happen. As usual, we will have the key summary takeaways at the end of this podcast. Now, for each of these views, we will outline our rationale, what could go wrong, and why we think we're still comfortable with these calls. Let's start with high-quality fixed income. The first consensus view is high-quality fixed income, which is part of many CIOs' core views. The threat of an economic recession in the U.S. and the prospects of monetary easing over the coming quarters imply that duration could be a tailwind instead of last year's headwind. Corporate credit spreads could widen, and this could penalize corporate debt with lower credit ratings, such as high-yield corporate bonds. What could go wrong with this view? The stronger than expected growth performance in the U.S. or inflation rebounding could put upward pressure on risk-free rates or Treasury yields. In this scenario, U.S. Treasury yields could retest the 2022 highs, as the Federal Reserve's policy rates may stay higher for longer. And this could also imply that high yield corporate credits can maintain its current credit spreads, and its higher coupon could allow for outperformance against government bonds and investment grade corporate debt. Now, is this likely to happen? Inflation in the U.S. is rolling over, as illustrated by the March CPI data, even though core inflation is only coming down very slowly. While consumer spending is supported by a robust job market and a relatively low debt burden. The corporate sector's appetite to spend and the real estate market are already impacted by higher rates. The tightening of bank lending could also exacerbate the situation. So we still think that it's more likely for the U.S. economy to decelerate in the coming months, with the risk of recession rising. Next, let's move on to U.S. equities. Our conservative view on the U.S. equity market is based on the fact that equity valuations are still above the level consistent with a slowing economy. We'll also need more downward revisions in 2023 and 2024 earnings to be consistent with our economic outlook. The combination of valuation derating and earnings revisions drives our view of U.S. equity underperformance in the next three to six months. Similar to our view on high-quality fixed income, a better-than-expected growth scenario could provide support to the equity market. On the other hand, if the Federal Reserve reacts quickly to the first sign of an economic slowdown by easing monetary policy, even if inflation remains above target, this could also breathe a fresh lease of life into equities. Lower rates could boost equity valuations, allowing for a re-rating. As well as stimulate the economy, which could provide the needed boost to earnings. However, we still think that the Fed remains locked into fighting inflation, at least for now. While the March FOMC meeting minutes show a few members have advocated a pause in policy rates given the banking sector's turmoil, 
no one seems to think a rate cut is warranted. We still believe that unless the economy is facing a hard landing scenario, the Fed could wait to loosen monetary policy until inflation is closer to its objective. Yet this hard landing scenario would prompt an increase in volatility in the equity market before the Fed can react. Next, let's move on to China. China's economic recovery and policy support from the authorities contrast strongly with our assessment of the U.S. economy. Given reasonable valuations, we also believe that China's corporate earnings could outperform the U.S. in 2023, and this should translate into Chinese market outperformance as well. However, one pushback we often hear is the ongoing tension between Washington and Beijing. While it is impossible to quantify how geopolitics could impact market performance, some of the trade restrictions introduced by both sides do have an impact on the economy and corporate earnings outlook. The strategic competition between the U.S. and China is likely to remain in place in the foreseeable future. We see some sectors that are less exposed to the threat of trade restrictions, such as those serving Chinese or Asian consumers. Moreover, Beijing is also developing new industries, some of which can reduce import dependence, and others to meet the challenge of carbon neutrality. These can still offer investors an opportunity. The other challenge to upbeat viewed on Chinese equities is that the current recovery is only driven by consumption rebound, which could run out of momentum later in the year. This is a valid concern as corporate investment and the real estate market are yet to regain their momentum. But the recent total social financing data shows companies are starting to pick up their borrowing to invest with the acceleration in medium to long-term bank loan growth. So this could be a signal that businesses are feeling more constructive about the economic outlook, and that banks are also more willing to extend lending, which would help to build economic momentum. Last but not least, investors' positioning on Chinese equities, both onshore and offshore, remains slight. Finally, is our view on the U.S. dollar. Our bearish view on the U.S. dollar over the next 12 to 18 months is based on the fact that it is still overvalued. The U.S. dollar index is 11% lower than the peak of October 2022, but still 7% higher than the 10-year average and 41% higher than the 2008 low. The U.S. dollar interest rate's advantage over other major currencies should also be reduced by the end of the Fed's hiking cycle, while the euro area and the U.K. could have more room to tighten. The outperformance of the U.S. economy compared with other developed and emerging markets in the past two years is also coming to an end. Now, what could trigger the dollar to be stronger again? The U.S. dollar typically outperforms well when the U.S. economy is really strong and outperforms other major and emerging markets. As we argued earlier, that doesn't seem likely given the tight monetary policy cooling activities in the U.S. The other scenario where the U.S. dollar has an upper hand would be risk-off events that prompt investors to seek refuge in safe havens, such as the U.S. dollar, the Japanese yen, or the Swiss franc. It was interesting to see that the U.S. dollar did not notably appreciate during the March banking sector stress. The nature of the risk-off event and where it happens could also determine whether the greenback is a potential beneficiary. So, three key takeaways. Number one, our preference for high-quality fixed income, caution against U.S. equities, and bearish view on the U.S. dollar are built on a weaker U.S. economy. 
upside of surprises from the U.S. economic growth could prompt a more risk-on asset allocation, but the current data does not support this view. In contrast, we do see signs of China's growth momentum improving, and this reinforces our more constructive view on the Chinese market. Admittedly, geopolitics is always going to be a challenge, and the temperature could rise again as we move into the 2024 election cycle in the U.S. Yet, we do think there are ways to benefit from the recovery while managing the geopolitical risks via active selection in stocks and in sectors. Number three, we are confident on our market view, but we also acknowledge that there are different scenarios and nothing is certain. Hence. The investment principles, such as diversification, can help investors to better prepare for different possibilities, even if our core scenarios does not play out. Thanks for listening. If you've got any questions or comments, please reach out to your J.P. Morgan Asset Management client advisor. And if you enjoy this podcast, please share this with your friends and colleagues by rating and reviewing this podcast on your favorite platform. And don't forget to subscribe via Apple, Google, or Spotify. Or wherever you get your podcast, so that you can be kept up to date every time when a new episode comes along. This content is intended for information only, based on assumptions in current market conditions, and are subject to change. No warranty of accuracy is given. This content does not contain sufficient information to support investment decisions. It is not to be construed as research, legal, regulatory, tax, accounting, or investment advice. Investments involve risks. Investors should seek professional advice or make an independent evaluation before investing. The value of investments and the income from them may fluctuate, including loss of capital. Past performance and yield are not indicative of current or future results. Forecasts and estimates may or may not come to pass. J.P. Morgan Asset Management is the asset management business of J.P. Morgan Chase and Company and its affiliates worldwide.